You're listening to After the Jack, a McPherson Media Group production. Hello and welcome to another episode of After the Jack. Tyler Maher back here in the studio with you at the Shepherd News podcast office uh, and by my side as always, Ash Williamson. Ash, how's it going? Yeah, good thanks Tyler. Welcome back after a week off and uh, Aidan Payne stepping into the, the hot seat. Yep, I uh, I hear he did well. I did listen to the show. He didn't seem to think he knew what was going on, but I thought he did all right. The biggest comeback since uh, your man Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody. Oh, let's uh, not get me started on the Bombers. And uh, Brian, here as always, Brian Nisbet, how's it going? Yeah, thanks, Tyler. Um, good to see you back uh, comparing the show. Um, as you say, young, what's her name, went pretty well last week, didn't he? Aiden, yep. Young Aiden. There's so many many reporters here, it's hard to remember their names. (laughs) And, yeah, we've got a special guest today, and it's none other than Brent Reiner, who's uh, playing for Kyabram this year, one of their high-priced recruits. And uh, a a new challenge for you this season, Brent, after leading East as their coach for two seasons. Yeah, thanks, Brian and um, guys. Um, Yeah, no, it's going to be obviously a bit of a change. From you know, trying to lead the way to um, now we've got our um, illustrious leader in Connor Truen. So um, now I'm just a player, and it's um, it's great. No uh, no stress. And um, look, obviously things didn't work out for you uh, at East. Um, coach for a couple of years and um, didn't quite get them into the finals. But um, you know, yourself personally had a very good season last year in the top five skips. For the competition, um, how did you sort of? Um, no doubt you would have had a few suitors at the completion of last season. How did you settle on Kai as a landing spot for you um, for this season in the in the Golden Valley Comp? Oh, well, it was it was pretty easy in the end um, due to the fact that started last year I went through a separation with my ex wife and um, yep. my kids are in Moama and um, I was living in Shep. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it just worked. It's halfway. Yeah, it's a lot easier. You know, kids going to school on a Thursday morning. It's a lot quicker to get them to school than getting them up at seven o'clock in the morning. You know, so yeah, it just it just worked, and yeah, it just worked for for each club, I guess, or for myself and Kyabram. So it's yep. great. And obviously, um, you know, uh, they built momentum during the off season with a quite a number of recruits, and you probably would have been fairly enticing to see what they were trying to build out there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. Um, I had a little bit of in, inside knowledge what they were doing, trying to achieve, and um, yeah. And then once uh, Connor came on board, and um, they got hold of Jeff Beatty, and um, I just followed suit and yep. just jumped on board as well. And then one phone call to um, the Cartwrights, and um, all of a sudden they uh, they're on board as well. And uh, all of a sudden you've picked up eight eight or nine players. Yep. Um, big 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 changes out there. But I originally said you you know. To Glenn Fields and um, the recruiting committee, that just be careful on how many we pick up, because um, you don't upset the the people that were there last year. Mm. It's a bit unfair if you bring in eight or nine and you got to drop eight or nine. But you know they were on the understanding that you know last year in their final they probably had six players that probably weren't really up to it. Mm. So they were happy to keep going down that path. But it's pretty unprecedented probably in local bowls. You see it probably a bit more in Metro Pennant, but to have virtually half a Division 1 side come in over one off-season, you don't see that very often. No, it's um, it's it's been good. It's been good. There's been a lot said. Um, I have listened to your podcast and you've all made mention that uh, – 
a lot of personalities there and um, <laughs> Ash. Yes. <laughs> um, but no, look, it's actually worked really well. We're all getting yeah. on really well. Like, you know, everyone's had a few issues with different people over the years. And yeah, um, mate, it's working a treat at the minute. We're just trying to work out the combinations. Yeah. Um, we're not far off, I don't think. You know, we've had a few good wins. Um, and we'll see how it goes. But there's a few little things to tinker with. So we'll see how we go. Plenty probably of time. Ha- probably hasn't helped that it's been a, a pretty stop start start to the year again, mm. uh, as it seems to usually be, uh, whether it's weather or, you know, now obviously break for the Open and, and that sort of stuff. Uh, it feels like we're struggling to get back on the green. Oh, it's crazy. It's just I've never seen a, win- a, a, a year like this in my life. Like so much rain. It's just been out of control. Like, you know, you get two nice days and then it rains for four days and – you know, like green keepers, I feel sorry for them. They've got, mm. they've got absolutely, they're up against it. You know, it's um, Mel, our great green keeper. He's um, he's battling along there, but um, trying to get the mould off the green. That's the problem. Yeah, as well. Yeah, it's tough conditions. It certainly is. Your departure and your good mate Jeff Beatty and his grandson Jacob Brighton has had a domino effect on East Division One team, resulting in the loss of another eight players from their top side. Plus Daniel Nichols having a year off, although he surprisingly fronted up against Park, just upset his uh, father, I think, and <laughs> skipped his rink to a good win in his only appearance so far. Yeah, so um, do you still keep in touch with, with people from East? And um, obviously, you know, they are um, battling a little bit, but, um, yeah, what's your relationship like there? Yeah, look, it's, it's going to be a bit of a tough season for East this year. You know, like they lost... It's like 15 players, 16 players from the, from, from the whole club. Um, a lot of them were probably from Division 1. Um, I've still got some friends there and that. And, uh, you know, we, we had, our, had our differences um, over, the, over the years. Um, you know, there's no hard feelings in my, in, um, you know, from me. Um, yep. I, I was out there on Sunday playing the state triples and spoke to Coxie and Whippet was out there, come to watch. And, yeah, no, nah, they're still, you know, still a good club. And, you know, I hope... I hope they do well, um, you know, for what for what's left there at the moment. But I'm sure that they'll improve again next year and um, have another go at it. And um, obviously, you know, you, you, when you were there coaching, you, you brought in the likes of the, the three Gribbles, um, Matty O'Connor and Rob Glover. Um, obviously, it's hard when clubs bring in players and they leave after one season. Um, you know, how, how do you think that'll sort of... Um, do you think they'll be able to recover from losing so many players like that after sort of one or, one year or so? No, look, it's... it's a, as you said before, Ash, it's a bit unprecedented as well mm. as having so many players leave in one hit, mm. which is, you know, it's not great and it probably reflects badly on myself as well. Um, but, look, we left on a... I left on a pretty, you know, uh, mutual agreement... Mm. Um, the club did want me to come back and play, but it was more the kids is why I went. Yeah, and that's um, fair enough too. Yeah, and then the snowball effect from there, it just it just kept coming, and mm. it, you know I just kept hearing names going, and I was like, well, this is um, not great. But, mm. You know, it's unfortunate, but you know, um, a club's bigger than individuals, and um, I'm mm. sure the club will fight back. And um, you know, they've got a fantastic facility, and you know, they might have to go back to Division Two for a year. Um, Fight their way back, and I'm sure they'll be back up in the top grade again. Yep, absolutely. Now, Brent, your rink, after two good wins, went down against Darren Kelly's Marupna rink last week. Uh, they must have played well, and Scott Donaldson also defeated Denzel's rink. Correct. Uh, that's actually wrong, Brian. I actually played Bruce Elselmi. Um 
uh, our correction. I apologise. Not, not like Brian to be wrong. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So no, Jeff Beatty played Darren Kelly, and Jeff got up um, quite comfortably. Um, I did play Bruce, and um, yeah, no, it was um, it was a good day. It was you know it was a tough game. Um, they come out you know trying their best. Obviously, you know they're first year up. They're going to have a crack, and you know we. We maybe take them. You know, we probably took them a little bit lightly, our rink, um, and yeah, we got what was you know, what was deserved. We got beat. Um, we didn't play that well, but you know, all credit to them. Um, Denzel Denzel fought all day. Um, got back to all square with two ends to go, and um, he was holding four. And Scotty went bare jack and sunk it for six. So yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of a um, you know hit and miss. So you know. Denzel's not going that bad. He hasn't won a game, but he's playing really good bowls himself. It's just it, it'll come eventually. It'll click. Similar to Jeff Beatty last year, couldn't get a win early. It come come better, you know, further on the season. You settle down. You mentioned um, sort of tinkering with the combinations and the different personalities that have come in and things like that. Obviously, you're you're just a player this year, but. Do you get lent on in certain situations and, um, you know, get asked things to try and um, sort out some of those issues? Because I know obviously there's a selection committee, but there is a lot of experience probably outside that selection room as well. Yeah, look, I believe that any any top side, the skippers have a fair say of mm. what the selection's going to be. Um, look, we do have a selection committee, the same as every club, and look, we do have our, our opinions. It goes to a selection meeting, they have a vote, and we don't even know what's going to happen until Monday night when they do their... Yeah, put their final teams out. But, yep. you know, we do try and help Connor. Connor's his first year doing the job. And, yeah. um, you know, he does listen. Um, and, you know, we hope he goes really well at what he wants to achieve in, you know, in his administration side of bowls or whatever he's doing. So, yeah, um, yeah. look, it's um, – we do have – we all have a bit of a say. Yep. And there will be some more changes, more tinkering all year. So, you know. It, w- it would be quite uh, – well, you know, from my perspective, for someone like him who's, you know, pretty young and it's his first role, as you mentioned, having the likes of, you know, yourself and Jeff and Denzel and Greg Schilling and those sorts of lots of experience, but at times it probably would be a little bit daunting sort of saying, you know, what do you think about this? Or I'm thinking this and you might disagree. And having those hard conversations for, you know, someone that young can be quite um, different experience for him. Yeah, but look, he's got a he's got a pretty good selection crew as well. Like It's not just Connor picking a side. Connor, yeah. Connor... He's the chairman of selectors, but you've still got Glenn Fields, you've still mm. got um, Graham King out of Division One mm. on that on that selection panel. So you've got some, you know, um, Fields. He was chairman last year. Yeah, Kingy. He's been around a hundred years. So you know. some voices of reason. Yeah, yeah, they'll all help him out as well. And you know, they get along quite well at selection meetings. By the from what I've heard. Yeah, and um, look, they're putting a good side on the park at the minute. And yeah, we've had some pretty good results. So yep, uh, Brian. Uh, what happened to your Division 2 side last week? Succumbing to golf by, I think it was 65 shots. Mm. 0-18 after looking a very formidable lineup on paper. You've got Rob Sini, Toot Redrop. Mal was there for a couple of games. Uh, Johnny Horsler, Phil Denham. Quite an experienced Div 2 side, yeah. Des Campbell. Yeah. Des Campbell, sorry, Des. Lee yeah. Beatty. Yeah. Um, Lee Beatty, yeah, yeah. Look on paper, the side, the side's a pretty good side. Like the team itself, it's just again, obviously some of these players, and I'm not sure. I'm only new to the club, so I don't know if these players have been playing together previously. Maybe it takes a few weeks to gel together again and work it out. They had a win the week before, last week. You know, golf's obviously always been the echelon of Division Two, mm. and um, you know they. 
they got their pants pulled down on the weekend, but I'm sure that they'll go back uh, the week after the Vic Open and go out and get a win. So Now, um, Brent, I understand you might have some big news for us regarding Kyabram um, happening on Friday night, December 2. This has been um, a, a while in the making, probably 12 months or so. What can you tell us? Yeah, look, um, so... We have contacted East Shepparton Bowling Club and we're going to play them on the 2nd yeah. at Kyabram at 6 o'clock. And um, we had a, a player call up and see if he could get a game for Kyabram. And um, so we had to go and ask the, ask the board if it was okay. And, um, yeah, so Alex Marshall was going to play for us. And, it's um, huge. Yeah, it's quite good. And it'd be, it'd be a great night, I Pretty excited to suit up next to him. So he'll be leading for you, will he? Or? I've offered that spot to him. But um, <laughs> no, nah, look, I, I believe that, you know, from the kind of guy that Alex is, from what I hear, I don't really know Alex that well myself, but um, he doesn't want to skip, doesn't want to take someone's spot. He's only there for a week or, you know, two or whatever he plays. But yep. um, he doesn't want to take someone's spot. So he'll go in there as a third, possibly. I'm not a selector, but I would imagine he'd go in there as a third somewhere and um, just get a game, mate. Yeah. Have some fun. Well, it's it's big news for the for the Golden Valley. Obviously, after last year, with um, there was a few issues trying to organise a game for him. So to be able to get that on board, and obviously he's here playing pennant for Moama. So um, you he's know, playing Vic Open this week as well. Yeah, so he's going to be prom- feature prominently in the Golden Valley, and Kai's a, a lucky recipient of that. Yeah, no, he's um, he's pretty good friends with Sally Beach, and um, he yeah, I was at I was with Sally, and um, he messaged her and said, "Do you reckon I can get a game this year at Kai?" I'll play a game. And um, we're like, well, yeah, let's make it happen. Yeah. So, but we knew we had to have the paperwork done by around four. Okay. For a marquee player. Just like a day per, yeah. Yeah. So um, we got that done. Um, E. Shepard and were more than happy to accommodate. Yeah. And it was great. It's going to be great even for the E. Shepard and players as well to, you know, you're playing with the world's best player. Yeah. It's going to be amazing for them to. Pick his brain, have a chat. Yeah, you know, supp- supposedly at the um, the sportsman night he did last year, he was fantastic. Yep. All the young kids that were going, I played with Alex Marshall, I did this, I did that. He hung around afterwards, had a drink, had a feed. And, yeah, you know, he's not just one to come and go. Yeah, and um, yeah, so it's ah, exciting. Big news, Brian. Yeah, well, I was fortunate enough to step in and compare that sportsman's night and. Uh, you know, I really enjoyed it because he's my number one player and. I was that I was in awe of him up at Moama and I forgot to turn my recorder on, so I had to bother him a second time. Yep. But uh, um, he was fantastic uh, and got on and stayed behind for a couple of hours after the show. And I can't wait to get out to East on Saturday um, for the Vic Open. And he's playing and singles there. Play. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's he's actually playing against uh, a guy who was a. Played for Victoria in the Asanda singles at Moama. Okay. Uh, now, I've, I've nearly escaped, he's nearly escaped his name. Chris Young. Chris Young, yep. Yeah, Chris so he'll Young. So, his work cut out. Shallenbar Golf. Yep. Yeah, um, Chris will still be a hard man to get over, I reckon, even though he's playing against one of the world's best players. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we'll touch on the Vic Open, I reckon, a little bit later on. But Brent, um, one of your former clubs, Deer Park, they've. Um, oh, no, did you play for them? Who, who were you playing Premier for? 
Oh, Bandura Mooney Ponds. Bandura, that's who I, yeah. Yep. Um, they've been going reasonably well so far in the, the Premier pennant, but, I mean, they've had, got a lot of marquee players these days as well, yeah. Yeah, that was a decision that I had to make at the start of the season. It was a possible chance I was going to go back to Melbourne yeah. and play at Bandura. Because they've got wedlock, don't they? Yeah, Corey, Aaron. Yep. And Tease, yep. Yeah, Aaron Tees and Gary Kelly. Yeah. So there was a potential that I could go down there and play second or third to one of those guys. It was awesome, but yep. petrol prices, mate, it was too expensive. Yeah. Too hard to go up and back. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, you look at um, Deer Parker got Bester coming in, Aaron Sheriff. So it's almost become a, you know, an Australian standard comp, really, with the it's, amount of players coming you in. You get too much money you got to who you get, mate, down yeah. there at the minute. But um, <laughs> look, it, look. They haven't had a chance to get all their players yet, all the um, the marquee players at Bundura, mm. from what I'm aware. Corey's been up at um, Dubbo playing that tournament last week, so I think they get them in the next couple of weeks mm. to play. Um, Altona had oh, – Altona. Deer Park had their crew, the round one, when they played Melbourne, and um, Melbourne – Got rolled, yeah. Melbourne haven't got anyone. They just got their, their Melbourne players, and um, yeah, they had the Besters and Shawnee Inghams and yep. um, Aaron Sheriffs, and yeah, Melbourne got up, so – you know, individuals don't win your games. No. Well, Deer Park have been really struggling. I think that have they won a game yet? Well, I saw Bester lost by twenty odd on the weekend. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether they can click it all together. But uh, you know, it's, it doesn't matter whether it's Melbourne Premier or Goulburn Valley. The best team usually wins, don't they? You know, like um, we've seen it with Shep Golf for, for many years. But Tally peaked at the right time and were the best team last year. So and it might be Kai this year or you know Golf again. So the best sixteen will win. At the end of the day. It always does. All right. Well, do we want to have a break and then we'll do some reviews of the weekend and then maybe get stuck into the Vic Open? You're listening to After the Jack, a McPherson Media Group production. And welcome back to After the Jack. Brian, what have you got for me? Well, the Vic Open starts on uh, Friday in uh, the Goulburn Valley. And I believe now another club's uh, Yamirka Golf are not participating because of the state of their greens. Okay, that's a shame. And Mo come on board now. That's good. And we've already had Kahuna and Avenal come on board. Cobram. Um, so Namurka Golf's unable to host. Uh, Cobram's picked up some extra fixtures and so has Moama, uh, yes. Yep. And that's fantastic. The clubs have all got together and mm. because um, clubs like Seymour have never um, hosted the Vic Open. And this was going to be their first time, I think. Yeah. Um, that, that surprised me. but Well, and, you know, like, um, well done to the clubs for stepping in and helping out on short notice because it takes a lot of manpower day to day. And I know even um, Shep Park, my club, um, are still chasing volunteers for, for, you know, barbecues and bars and things like that. So, um, and, and obviously, if clubs have got a lot of members playing, it's... You know, there's not many people there to do all the work. So, you know, for all the clubs that are getting ready for a big week, um, good luck with it all. And, uh, you know, hopefully you've got enough manpower and woman power there to help run yeah, it all. Yeah, that's right. You definitely need a, all your workers and all your players that aren't participating to come in and help. H- how many days are you playing, Brent, in the Open? I've got three. I've got uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Yep. So singles, pairs and triples. have got Connor... In the pairs, playing with Connor Truen, and then we've got uh, myself, Connor, and Thor Shannon from 
Melbourne. Okay, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned Thor Shannon because um, Brian and I messaged you about this before um, w- before today, um, and I've actually sort of looked at just the singles fields because that's sort of the blue reband event of the Vic Open, and sort of narrowed it down to because they've got record entries this year, haven't they, Tyler? I believe so. Yeah. Yes, so yes. Look, look, I mean, filtering through about two hundred odd single sections, I've narrowed the men's down to fifteen. And the women's down to 10. And I reckon I can pick the winner in both. Um, so in no particular order, and then I'll give you my top three contenders. In the, in the men's singles, these are the names to look out for. Ben Winther, Jay By Norris, who's the defending champion. He's been waiting a couple of years now to defend his singles crown um, after COVID and things like that. Alex Marshall, of course, needs no introduction. Zach Woning, Matt Flapper, a past winner from Ocean Grove. Kevin Anderson, the um, the main man there at Moama. Mark Ryan, of course, a past winner. Um, probably played in the best singles final I've seen in the Vic Open's history. The last year of sets play before it went to shots up. Blake Nan, who's uh, overplaying uh, Premier Bowles. He's from WA. Ian Brimelkin from Wangaratta, a bit of a local flavour there. Thor Shannon, Brent's triples partner. Mitch Sidebottom, a past winner. Brett Marnie, Josh Sanders, uh, Todd Trewarn and Wayne Roberts, um, probably a little bit past his best now, but he's a past winner, so I've included him in there. My top three contenders, and you can jump in and agree or disagree, Thor Shannon's the man to beat for me. Um, I think he won the state singles or the champion of champion singles, one of those two main singles events. Gun singles player with four bowls, very consistent. Could take Brent and Connor all the way in the triples too if he gets so. going. Um, my second contender is uh, Matt Flapper, another you know very consistent singles bowler and you know can always drive himself out of trouble. And I'm going to give the defending champ a mention to Jay by Norris, who's been waiting a couple of years to defend his title. I think he'll be around the mark again. So there's my top three men's singles contenders, yeah. Brian. I'm going to pick Ben Winter, the way he bowled up in the Australian Open. Mm. I'll throw in Thor Shannon. I think he played with Dave Donaldson, didn't he? Thor Shannon up there in, in the, the fours. fours. In yep, the fours. and Mick yeah, West. My yep. old mate Dave. Look forward to catching up with him. And oh, I've got to throw in the great man, Alex Marshall. Yeah. Look, um, it'll be interesting to see. You know, it's always interesting the good players if they, you know, it depends what venue they play at. You know, I'm sure they'd all love to be playing on Shep Park or East Shep's carpet from day dot. But, you know, if you end up at a Strathburton or it can just throw up a little bogey green out there um, and it can be tougher for them in the early rounds. Brent, who do, who do you like? I don't know if he's playing, but um, oh, look, I still think Thor will probably win it myself. Yeah. Um, Jay Boy, I played him at the Deer Park tournament, played one of the best bowls I've ever seen in my life. He yep. played the Terminator. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but the other one, I'm not sure if he's playing, is um, Ellis Forsyth. Okay. No, I didn't see his name no, yet from Clayton. Or, yeah. Or even Jordan Yates, if he's playing as well. Yeah. Jordan, Jordy's going pretty well at the minute. He won the, um, he won the singles last year yeah. down at Bendigo. So uh, there's a couple other names. Yeah. So um, I, think, I think the men's field this year, and, you know, we've got record entries. I reckon it would be nearly close to one of the better fields depth-wise that they've got at the top end there. 621 bowlers. Yeah. yeah. It can be a bit of a war attrition, of attrition too, by the end of the week. Like, yeah. Um, you know, that that year, was it um, Flapper that was in the final of nearly everything? and Lee uh, Schreiner yeah, was another. And Lee Schreiner mm-hmm. as well. So you, you get to the end and um, it, it's not always, you know, the, the, the best performed singles bowler 
who who does win it in the end. It's it's the one who's sort of still got something left in the tank by the end of the week. And that's why that's I'm always point. respectful of the ones that have won it because they know what it's like to play across that whole week. And it is a bit of an emotional up and down. And particularly if you are going deep in other events, like Lee Schrainer was playing 36, 38 games, some Vic Opens because he was in the mixed pairs, the triples and the... All that mm. sort of thing. Um, I think my first Vic Open up here, there were still games going on at one o'clock in the morning, um, most nights of the of the week because of the rain that we had. And yep. you know, you, you wouldn't be surprised if uh, we have to <laughs> get towards that again this time. Although we do have two undercover um, greens now, which does help. Yeah, yep. And just some names I've um, jotted down for the women's singles: um, Samantha Robinson, Laureen Smith, Alison Hall, who's got a Seymour connection. Here's had a couple of good runs in the singles here before. Ian Miles is always very consistent. Cass- Cassandra Millerick from Moama, who's drawn the same section, a bit of a group of death with Olivia Cartwright and Claire Sanders. So I think the winner of that section might have a chance to make a little run. Jan Morton, Tris Doolan, Sarah Roger, Stacey Collier from East Shep, very good singles player. And Samantha Atkinson from Druin, who's in the state squad as well. So um, pretty, pretty good women's field as well, but um, certainly... All, all interest in the singles for me. I think, um, you know, I like watching the other disciplines, but the singles is the biggest test, isn't it, Brent? Oh, it is. It's a tough, it's a tough, it's a tough, lonely sport that out there on the singles, especially if uh, things aren't going your way, you're just missing or just, you know, edges wrong way. So, uh, so where have you drawn for the singles? Where are you playing? I've got a club I've never ever been to in my life. Yeah. I know where it is. It's Nagambi. I've yeah. never played there. I don't even have their carpet, plastic, carp, best, grass. The best carpet in the. Goulburn Valley, if you play on the new carpet, the other one they um, stole from Hastings Bowling Club. That's the words the president coined when they got it. So they <laughs> sort of gave it away to them. That um, sounds fun. <laughs> it's about, well, I'd say it might be running 13 seconds now, uh, but the, the, the main carpet, the new one, they've never touched it since they put it down. It'll be the only synthetic I've ever heard of that's never been pulled up, stretched or, stretched or anything. It's run 16 from inception. And I think Mel Williams and a few other uh, players around the area will only speak so, uh, to, so highly of it. Mm. They know a bit about greens. So we've got 12 sections there, so we'll be definitely using both greens. Yeah, so. yep. Yeah. You might have one on a game on both, maybe. I could get lucky. <laughs> a good bowler will handle both, there's no doubt. It, my tips in the late, I'm going for Jody Frund from, from Wangaratta yep. um, to beat Cassandra Millerick in the final. Yep, there okay. What about the men? The men? Yep. I'm going for Ben Winfer. Ben He's, he's a bit of a he's a bit of a gun on the rise. Like he um he sort of he's coming coming out party was the the Australian Open. He went deep in quite a number of events, and he's a a gun Metro pennant player. So it'll be interesting to see whether he can um, step up again in the Vic Open for the last one in the Golden Valley. Do you think um do you think many Golden Valley players will continue to travel once it gets to Terrellbin? I, I don't think so. I don't think so either. But it's an interesting one because. Um Obviously, like you, like you touched on before, it's actually tough for a lot of locals to, um, I suppose, commit to as many events as potentially they'd mm. want to, um, especially if they're not, you know, a, a Division One bowler or a mm. top bowler. That there's really a lot of um, help and effort needed across the club. It, it, there's a lot of slots to fill on those on those barbecue bar mm. clean up. Salad rolls, Greens. everything, all of those lists are very long across mm. as many days as you're hosting. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a, a large grey nomad contingent that that head down 
um, to, to Gippsland or um, you know, Taralgon. Taralgon for the future editions. But yeah, I, I don't think you'll see it. I don't think it'll attract the uh, top bowlers that we see enter it. Well, uh, it's probably more more the, more the husband and wife mixed pairs teams that go, oh yeah, we'll, we'll have a game on, you know, on one day of the of the tournament. We can spare one day or, you know, the um, the Division 2, you know, guys that have played in the same rink for 20 years and, and they go, oh, we'll have a game in the triples. You're not going to go down to Taralgon just for one day of bowls. Brent, will it be on your agenda? No, mate. No, no, no. no. no definitely not. Uh, this is my first Victorian Open. I've never played in it. Yeah. I've, played, I've been up here now 10 years. I've never played in the Vic Open. So I thought, well, it's the last one around here and I won't be going down to Taralgon. Yeah. Um, you know, like around here, you've got the best greens, especially this time of year generally. Yeah. You've got fantastic greens. I'm not privy on most of the greens down Gippsland way, but I'm tipping they're not all running about 15 or 16. That's what generally you're getting up here. Yeah. Um, you've got a few good like the Trelgan indoor down there is fantastic. Yeah, um, we've played there in the region sides a few yeah. years ago. But yeah. um, I don't know the greens are a lot better up this way than down south. That's I think the beauty of this region too is that you, you drive an hour and, and you, you you're probably within reach of what what is it twenty five thirty mm. clubs. Like, yeah, um, it, it's such a obviously it's such a wide region in terms of um, actual bowls clubs, but they're, they're all close enough together that um, you, you're not. Worried about the travel too much. That's right, yeah. Um, so it'll be exciting times and good luck to all the participants and good luck to all the clubs hosting games. It's, um, I think it'll be probably um, emotional, I think, for the clubs at the end. But, uh, you know, I don't know how much work goes into it. So um, I think there'll be a lot of clubs probably pretty relieved as well when it, when it is over as much as, as sad as it is to be leaving the region because it is a big economic Boost for the for the region as well. Are you aware of where they're actually going to play the final of this? Has it been stated? Is it going to be on the indoor? Is it going to be at East Shepparton Shep Park? Traditionally, it's um, on the indoor carpet at Shep Park, yeah. um, but I don't know whether East could be in the mix to host it, being the last one. Um, but yeah, they, they, it'll definitely be on an indoor surface, I'd say, because they have the um, the camera crews and the sponsor signage out on the carpet. Yeah. Which they wouldn't do on the grass, I don't think so. Yeah. I think it'll be Shep Park. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stay with tradition. I think. I think it'll. Yeah, it'll probably be fitting that they would finish it there, and um, and they'll have the two sort of show rings set up with the camera crews and stuff. So Bowles Vic will be here all week and setting up that. So yeah, well, I haven't played at Shep Park on indoor lately. Yeah, but um, played at East Shepherd on Sunday. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, I played there two years, and the green has never been that good in its life. No, it was, it was running fifteen seconds. Yep. And it drew both hands. It was it was fantastic, and we played on. Four or five different rinks. Yep, all the same. Yeah, yep. So it's from what I, from what I've heard, it's probably the superior carpet surface. And I know that Shep Park's top grades don't play on indoor anymore as much, um, unless weather um, step gets in the way. But yeah, Shep Shep's indoor green. I've heard nothing but good reports about it. Mm. Probably in the last six to twelve months that it's come on so so yeah, much. Yeah, no, it's running pretty well at the moment. Mm. I mean, it's a couple of seconds slower than the. Outside, but that's to be expected. Um, just if you want to see Alec Marshall on Friday, he's playing in the mixed pairs with Cassandra Millerick from Moama. And uh, I don't know the players are up against having, I think they'll go a long way in that event as well. Where's that? Where's their sectional play at Tatura? Tatura, okay. Tatura Bowls Club. Well, they'd be happy with those greens, I'd, I'd imagine. They're, they're usually in pretty good nick. Yeah, uh, they bowled all right over there in the 16 over men's pairs. Yep. Um, we might jump into midweek pennant, Brian, from today. Uh, round, well, it's different rounds in different divisions, but November 15. I'll start with Division 5, Brian. We had Avenal, uh, too good for Shep Park at home, 43 shots to 32, a clean sweep. 
Violet Town just snuck over the line against your mob, East Shep, 39-35, 13 points to one. Uh, Rushworth, too good for Marupna, 44-28 in a clean sweep. And Colburn Abbott and Yaroa split the rinks, but it was Colbo, 41-27. Division four, uh, what did you what did you say, Ash? November 15. Yep, that's where we are. Yep. So I did get back Re- from the airport at 4am this morning. Round uh, round 7. Uh, yes, uh, Tachuri Hilltop 14-2 uh, defeated Dookie, 70-52. Shep Park 14-74 defeated Eildon, 2-46. Uh, East Shepparton went down to Murchison, uh, 50-58, 2-14. And uh, Kyabram 16-0 over Seymour, 66 44. Uh, and one more, Alexandra, 14.66, defeated Merrigan, 2.52. Division 3, uh, Nagambi went to Yarrawa and had a good win, 74.59, 14 points to 2. Avenal, again, another strong win over Shep Golf at home, 70 to 61, 14 points to 2. Seymour VRI, close one, 72.67 over Kyabram, 13.3. Uh, Marupna Golf, 61 defeated East Shepherd and 54 at home, 14 points to two. And Shep Park, far too good for Namurka. Bit of a surprise here. 90 shots to 64, 14-2. Brian, we tipped Namurka to be the ones to beat in Division 3, I think. So um, big well, result there for Shep Park. Yeah, well, they got Alan Rogers, the, the chairman of the Goulburn Murray Bowls, and uh, Terry Brennan. Yep. Um, pretty handy bowlers, plus uh, they got some good ladies up there. So big win, big, big, big win for Shep Park. Yeah, it is a big win. Division two, round seven. Shep Golf all rinks against Marupna, seventy-seven fifty-eight. Tally fifteen-one over Marupna Golf, eighty-seven fifty-two. Uh, Tat Hilltop thirteen-three over Seymour by just three shots, sixty-six sixty-three. Uh, down at Seymour by the looks of that too. So good win for the Bulldogs. Uh, Kai Abram 14-2 over Stanhope and Shep Park 14-2 over East Shep and looking at Division 1 finally uh, round 5 Kai Abram 84-52 Brent oh, uh, big win there by twi- uh, 32 shots 14-2 uh, East Shepparton clean sweep over Tatura Hilltop 73-51 nil. I think Tatura Hilltop's premiership defence is uh, teetering there. I, I, I can't see him making the top four, Brian. No, no I can't either. Um, Shepparton Park hosted Rushworth 77-52, 14 points to two. And the big result of the day for mine, Shep Golf went over to Seymour and won by one shot. They only won one rink, 73-72. Looking at the rink scores. Chris Wright, 29-20 over Ian Eichfuss with Richard Warburton, Carla Miles and Jock Hasty in her rink has uh, done the damage there for the golfers. Uh, Max Hammond, uh, 25-24 for Seymour over Wayne Gribble. And in the third rink, it was Graham Flint's rink, 27-20 for Seymour over Robbie Betson. That's nearly worth two wins, I think, Brian. Like They just don't lose over there very often. I know Shep Golf will probably be a benchmark in Division 1, but you don't see many results where, you know, the other side wins one rink and and gets up, um, you know, it's obviously... A rarity, and uh, for you know Shep Golf to go over there and do it, it's a, it's a big win, and they they remain unbeaten on top of the ladder after four games. They've had a a draw, I think, with a washout, but three three wins, fifty points. Second is East Shepherd and two wins, uh, a loss and a draw, forty two points. In third, Shepherd and Park thirty nine points. Kybram fourth on thirty five. 
Then it drops down to Seymour fifth on 30. So they're still in touch. Tad Hilltop's still in touch as well on 26. Uh, Rushworth on 22. And then Yaroa, who's come into the competition this year on 12. But um, I think those top four sides might be set. Seymour can possibly jump in, but they won't want to lose too many more home games, Brian. No, I'll have a punt now and say I think the four is settled. Yeah, yeah. Look, I think um, over the course of the year, I think those four sides will prove to be the most consistent. Um, looking at your Div 1 midweek side, um, Brent, you've got you know some good experience in there and some pretty good combinations. I see today Chris Pretty, 38 12 was a big win with Noel Redrop, Brian King, and Ken, Ken Ristrom. Um, that's, a, that's a big result. And, you know, Jenny Dixon and Mal Williams in there. It's a pretty strong side. Yeah, um, uh, it is a very strong side. And um, for someone who does not practice, I've never ever seen her down the club, is Jenny. If she ever practiced, she'd be a really good player. Yeah, Mal tells me all the time how good she plays. I said, well, where does she practice, mate? In the lounge room or something? <laughs> like, she doesn't put a bowl down until. Every was it Tuesday? Tuesday. Every Tuesday. That's all she plays. Tuesday yeah. to Tuesday. Yeah. Doesn't touch a bowl. Yeah, and I think um those two work really well together on the on the bowls green. Yeah, you know, it gives her a lot of confidence, particularly with her up shots and her drive. She plays a quite an aggressive game. So um yeah, look, I'd I'd nearly tend to agree with you, Brian. The top four there might might be set. I'd give Seymour a little chance, but um those four sides early days seem to be the ones that look the ones to beat. Um, do we want to – we'll review Saturday pennant, Brian, from the weekend just gone. Some big results there. I'll just bring them up. We'll start with Division 7. So it was round four. Uh, Eildon beat Alexandra by one shot, 33-32, 12 points to two. Uh, Rushworth too good for Avenal, 57, 25, 14 points to zero in a sweep. And Violettown, 54, 48 over Seymour. So a uh, couple of close games, one lopsided, one in, round, uh, in Division 7. Division 6, Tyler, you got that? or uh, My internet's just decided to go That's down. That's all right. We'll have a look to round four. It was Marupna, 74-56 over Shep Golf, 14 points to two. Dookie, a clean sweep over Yaroa, 57-35. Yay, also a clean sweep over Stanhope, 58-50. So a couple of tight ranks there. And Shepparton Park, too good for Kai Abram, 64-50, 14 points to two. A few uh, big results in uh, Division 5 weekend pennant, round seven. Alexandra, 14-4 over Eildon, 87-64. Dookie, 92-61 over Merrigan, uh, yeah. but uh, Merrigan still jagged a rink. Um, Marutna Gold forfeited to Colburn Alban. Colburn Alban. Colburn Alban. Uh, sorry, Colbo. And uh, Murchison uh, defeated Tatura Hilltop 16-2. And Seymour VRI 16 defeated East Shepparton 2, 89-69. Seymour VRI in Division 4 beat Seymour 98-86, 16 points to 2. Yaroa far too good for Tally Garupna, who stepped up from Division 5 this year. 126-77, to 77, 16 points to 2. Tad Hilltop in a close one, 102-91 um, over East Shep, 14-4. And Kyabram in the closest match of the round pipped Shep Park at Park. Big win over there. Um, 96-93, 14 points to four. Round five in Division Three. Stanhope clean swept Marupna. Seymour clean swept Shepparton Golf, 115-59. Nagambi 16-2 over Rushworth. And there was a draw. Shep Park drew with Avenal 11 points to seven. 
92 all. Yeah, look, uh, they only won one rink, and uh, your man Ronnie Holland was the one uh, bringing up the rear there and had a, had a tough day, but uh, luckily they managed to get the lion's share of the points. I'm um, sorry, I, I just made a mistake with Division 4. I read out the wrong round. I actually read out round four instead of round five. Kyabram swept Seymour 121.76. Tally beat Shep Park 97.78. Seymour VRI too good for East Shep 119.73. And Tad Hilltop beat Yaroa 91-82. Apologies for that. And uh, Division 2, Shepparton Golf 18-0, as we discussed earlier, over Kyabram. Tally Group now 14-4 over Shepparton Park, but only by two shots in the end. Tight one there. East Shep 16-2 over Marutna Golf. And Yaroa 14-4 by 40 shots over Tatura Hilltop. And moving into Division 1, Brent and Brian... Um, we had the Friday night game between Tally Garupner and East Shep. Bit of a reciprocal arrangement between these two clubs. Um, been doing it for a couple of years now, which is great to see. Tally far too strong on the night by 75 shots, 135 to 60. Uh, bit of a confidence-boosting win there for Tally, no doubt. Just looking at the ring scores, Jeff Franz, 27-10 over Kevin Cox. Uh, Mark Ryan got to 40, um, 17, uh, Alan Houston. Uh, Mitch Sidebottom, 29-17 over Damien Carpenter. And David Dawes, 39-16 over Graham Barber. So um, big big percentage booster there for Tally Bryan. Yeah, well, East, uh, Graham Barber's rink led, I think it was 8-3 at one stage early on. And then the, I think he dropped the four. And then uh, Chippy Carpenter, mm. Damien Carpenter, he... Um, Great he, nickname, by the yeah, way. He, he, he was only... Um, I think he led by one at Smoko. They mm. broke after 13 ends. And he come back out and he did a five at about the second end. Mm. Uh, you know, and from then on it was just all one-way traffic. Yeah. Mm. And, look, and look, on paper it was going to be a tough ask for them. And, um, you know, Tally took no prisoners, obviously. And, um, you know, Eshep probably would have gone in with a little bit of confidence. They pushed Shep Park the week before, but Tally's definitely on another level than, than Shep Park. And, um, you know, you just hope that they can Im- gradually improve throughout the year and, and be a bit more competitive against those those benchmark sides because, you know, you don't want to see big margins like that every week. No, and um, particularly when they've got to go over to Kai Abram and play against Alec Marshall, I mean. <laughs> yeah. You'd have to be a bit um, dubious about that. That uh, trip. Well, you 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 wouldn't want to be the um, putting your hand up to skip against him or play against him. But um, it's a good it's a good learning curve. And um, the four Eshep players who are lucky enough to say that they can play against him, it'll be something that they you know they'll probably never forget really, and an opportunity they may never get again. So, um, Shep Golf. This was a tight one against Hilltop. There was only thirteen shots in it, a hundred to eighty seven, sixteen points to two. So Hilltop did really well to battle away here. Brad Orr beat Brendan Boyd, um, Tad Hill top coach, 30-23. to 23. Um, Peter Lasser did a good job. We, uh, beat John Gribble, 23-18. It was interesting. He came on our show and said, oh, look, I think my rink will stay the same. And he's ended up pretty much with a new lead and a new third. So worked wonders for him, though. He had Johnny Atwood, Ash McDonald leading for him and his son, Josh Lasser, playing second. But um, change was good for him, Brian. And the Colonel, um, Sanders... Jason Carter. Alias Bullet Carter moved over and played third for, who was it? Brendan Boyd. Brendan Boyd. Yeah. Um, Alan Dove got over the line, the close one, 24-22 over Russell Locke. So he stepped up to skip instead of Paul Bart Newman. And 
Brett Foley, the coach there, beat Nick Boyd 28-19. So probably more a workmanlike victory for Shep Golf than um, we would have expected, Brent. Yeah, no, we played him the other week and, um, yeah, uh, Axel was on fire. He yeah. played really, really well. We we put up a pretty good performance, you know, three rinks. You said before it doesn't happen very often. It happened that week too, <laughs> mate. We won three rinks and um, lost in that same game, uh, our Division 2 uh, what they do? They lost three rings yeah, and won be- one. Beach Park and yeah. one. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Phil Denham. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. But you know, like you'd, you'd probably be lucky to see it. I reckon in the Div One comp, we, you might see two for the year, maybe. Um, I've never been involved in one. No, <laughs> until that. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So, um, but uh, yeah, Tad, Tad Hilltop. Um, Good effort against Shep Golf. Shep Golf just ticking along nicely as they usually do and they seem to bank a lot of these points early and they just keep tinkering with their rinks a little bit. Obviously, Brad Orr was back for that game. Um, full side this week, so... Yeah, yep. Yeah. And um, they'll play Shep Park after the Vic Open break, which no doubt we'll touch on in due course. Kai Abram, your boys, um, Brent, got over the line against Marupna, as we've touched on. Jeff Beattie, 29-16. Um, uh, David Cartwright went down 21-26. I think the rinks are wrong here. Connor Truon, 31-22. Yep. And Bruce Anselmi, I know it is correct, uh, 24-19 over yourself, but would have been happy to bounce back after, you know, losing against golf when probably it was maybe in your hands a little bit to win that one. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, even against golf, to get beat by three or four shots, whatever it was in the end, mm. um, yeah, we took a lot out of that game. Mm. Like, you know, we're thereabouts, you know. Laura, they had um, Ori didn't play. Yeah. Um, we had a couple out, not at the same standard as Ori, but we had, yeah. um, you know, we had Jockey out and we had Mel Williams out and mm. that. So we had to change our side as well a bit. And, um, you know, um, we were pretty happy with that result in the end. Um, and to come out on the weekend, just had to do the job and get the job done. Um, although we would have liked probably another couple of points. Yeah. Um, it is what it is, and um, no, nah, look, hey, all former group, no, like they, they'll they'll push a few sides, yeah, like, um, but again, too, you know, E. Shepparton could 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 maybe get a win off of off of Marup now or off your Stanhopes or one of them as well. Stanhope put up a good performance yeah. the week before, so yep. it's not all doom and gloom for the you know out of the bottom four. Yeah, and look, obviously, um, Marup has had a fair bit of distress before the season started with floods and things like that, and people being affected, so. It's probably taken them a while just to get into the groove of the season and think about things like, you know, think about bowls rather than, you know, their livelihood and things like that. So True. I've got no doubt they'll continue to get better as the season goes on. And, you know, some of the players in that side that um, I think I mentioned when we played them, that'll just get better and better pl- having those experiences every week. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see, track their progress throughout the season. Um, Shepparton Park, the tight one of the round, 104.96 against Stanhope. And I think I spoke last week, Brian, I expected this one to go right down to the wire, and it did. Um, Stanhope were actually ahead at Smoko. Um, uh, Josh War- um, Greg Fitzpatrick was well up on Josh Warren's rink, and um, Paul Nichols was down as well. So it was two up, two down at Smoko. And even probably with 10 ends to go, Stanhope had their noses in front, and it wasn't until sort of... Um, Josh Warren's rink cut it back to, I think it was four against Fitzpatrick, 30 to 26. That helped a little bit. And Paul Nichols got his nose in front against Tim Hancock. But even with two ends to go, there was only two in it. And Tim Hancock killed the end. And then they replayed it. And Shep Park picked up a four. So six up going into the last end and got a two. So it was a really tough contest. Jeff Boyle did a good job to win 28, uh, 23. 
18, I think it was, against Ben Fletcher. He gave him eight head start, which is a good fight back there. Rob Pontensrink did a good job to knock off Paul Warren by one. Um, so that was a pretty tight game all day. Um, but, yeah, Shep Park, from our perspective, pretty happy to start with three wins, and I think we've only dropped eight points in those first three rounds. So certainly put us in good stead for a top four spot where we sit after we play we play Kai the last two rounds before Christmas, golf after the Vic Open by, and then Hilltop in between. Um, we, you know, we're happy to be 3-0, but obviously we've got, a, got some stronger sides ahead. And how did your greens measure up at Shep Park the first time you played on Yeah, it? fantastic. Yeah, they were running really well. Um, a little bit tricky with the draw um, on, on, you know, on a couple of hands, but um, overall the speed was really good, really solid. And um, considering we sort of hadn't been able to get on them much, um, I think they'll continue to improve, and obviously they'll have a lot of traffic on them for the Vic Open, so um, the rain might help in a way that, you know, it's not, they're not going to be bone dry after the Open, so um, they, we should be able to get them right through to the end of the season and play on really nice greens, which would be good. Well, she's doing a good job over there on your greens. He's, he's doing fantastic. Yeah, and he's got a really good um, greens committee that, you know, they all do um, – he gives them some jobs to do and they, you know, they all um, chip in and help out. So, you know, he's got a really good brain for the Greens and I know he's been doing helping out a little bit over at Shep Golf as well to try and get them under control and he still pokes his head in the Kai from time to time and I think he still um, talks to a lot of people at Stanhope. So he's a bit of a guru around the area and you know, he does a really good job. He's really meticulous with it and, um, you know, he doesn't um, – you know, he doesn't rush them along or anything like that and gives them plenty of time to, you know, doesn't just keep mowing them or keep rolling them. He just, you know, plods along with them and gets them right at the right time of the year. The old so. green whisperer. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, no, it's uh, it's going really well. And, yeah, we're looking forward to Shep Golf after the break, which will be good. I think um, we could be in for a few late nights at Shep Park and East if this um, inclement and unseasonal weather continues. Yes, wouldn't you say, Ash? They'll try and catch games up. I couldn't say, couldn't see them playing in pouring rain, and you can't roll a kitty down there. I think the rule is uh, bowls Australia or World Bowls that if you can't roll the kitty twenty-one meters, that's when the play should cease. Yeah, I think we've had a couple of years where a lot of games. Um, you know, I think Euroa copped a heap of rain one year and so they came over to Shep Park. Um, you know, touch wood we can get through the week um, because, yeah, like you said, it does create a lot of late nights if you've got a backlog of games and people in multiple events that you're trying to fill in slots and things like that. So It does. I'm not sure about Brian's ruling there, though, because you could probably throw it 21 metres through some tar, Brian, and it, you'd still get there most occasions. So <laughs> you'd, just, you'd, you'd just throw it over arm, wouldn't you? Not if the green's covered in water. <laughs> oh, I'd like you to go, see it. You go look that up during the week, mate. <laughs> what do you think, Brent? No, well, I did play on a green not long ago. I was uh, underwater. We had to finish a tournament and um, it was under about three inches of water. Where was that? At Lightning Ridge. Yeah. It uh, bucketed down and it was. Um, <laughs> it took us about – we went off the green. We played about 11 ends and then it bucketed down. We were off the green for like two and a half hours. Yeah. And then uh, they, the rain cleared a little bit and they got on the roller, on the synthetic, and uh, the synthetic – well, the roller didn't have enough – uh, traction, yeah. So they had to start pushing him, and then it got him moving. <laughs> and he'd go to one end, and then he'd put in reverse, and he'd slide. And there was a bloke standing at the ditch and to stopped him, and then pushed, pushed him, him back, back the other way, and he was clearing the water off. <laughs> then they put the super soaper on, or the super sopper, yeah. And they did that. It took about well, forty-five minutes to clear the green. It was it was decent. Then it started raining again, and we did, well, we had to play twenty was it twenty-five ends or twenty-one ends, whatever it was. And I think we had about six ends to go, and. 
puddles started appearing and puddles were appearing. I've never thrown it so hard on a synthetic in my life. We were playing probably 23 metres. Yeah. And you were throwing it like you were driving on a minimum length end. Like yep. it was ridiculous. Yeah. Just to draw. And there was no skill because you got through the water. And then when you got on the dry, it ran a little bit further. You had rooster tails come up behind your yeah. poles. My shoes were saturated. Yep. In the end, we got off the green. Shoes off. This guy's walking around the club rooms. No, no shoes on. Yeah, it was um, it was an interesting day. So. Yeah, Lightning Ridge, eh? Yeah. Who would have expected it up at Lightning Ridge? Yeah, it's, um, yeah well named by the sound of it. Yeah. All, All right. right. Well, th- thanks very much, Brent, for joining us on a, another episode of After the Jack and uh, Ash and Brian as well. And hope uh, you listeners can get out there for plenty of Victorian Open action uh, over the next week or so. And um, yeah, we'll we'll be in your ears again soon. That was After the Jack, a McPherson Media Group production.